that's kind of like the the, the discussion that we had over and over again because okay. he kept on saying like pasture raised and all these things to me and I was like I keep telling you at the end of the day that it has nothing to do with what you did with when they were alive it's just the fact that you're taking away the life of someone who wants to live you are listening to plant strength radio each week remarkable stories of plant-based healing mindfulness fitness nutrition and activism as told by those with the expressed desire to affect lasting change in our world. Real people, real experiences. Your host, Bobby Lynch. Today on the show, we have very special guests, Elisa Barabano and Derek Stetler, a vegan couple from California. Elisa is the head of PR marketing for Mink Shoes in Hollywood, California, a luxury vegan fashion brand. She herself has been vegan for the last four years now, and she was born in Ecuador, but she moved to the United States when she was 18 to attend Union College, where we actually graduated together in 2016. And Derek is a freelance writer for the magazines American Cinematographer and American Camera Operator, and also for the website Pro Video Coalition. He grew up plant-based, eating mainly vegetarian, as his mom is vegetarian, and currently he's been fully vegan for the last six months. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's an honor to be here. (laughs) It's an honor to have you on. Great to be here. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah, so that's awesome. So you guys are a vegan couple. Yes, we are. (laughs) Recently. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, recently. I know my next girlfriend, she's going to be vegan or will at least be plant-based or she'll yeah. get there one day herself as well. We're open to, you know, because that's Exactly. Is, yeah. Well, uh, starting a week from now, we will be able to say um, we have been a vegan couple uh, since the last decade. Yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. right. <laughs> there you go. That's <laughs> awesome. So... Uh, Vegan across two decades. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so what? So, what inspired you guys to make this switch? Elisa, we'll start with you. Wonderful. Okay, so I would say that um, what inspired me is always going to be my, one of my core values is you know being compassionate and centering everything I do with the intention of love. But um, more specifically, my story started with my brother. He um, had always been into fitness and, um, you know, it had been a couple years since he got into that space and he looked really lean and felt really healthy, but his blood work didn't show the same things. His um, uh, cholesterol levels were off the charts for a 19-year-old. So, you know, being a super close-knit family, we try, we kind of like addressed it as a family. And my mom was a nutritionist too, but, you know, she got her education in the 80s and, you know, everything she was taught included animal products. Um, Which most of it, it still does today. I know, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, so she did her best with what she knew. Um, you know, she we cut down on like uh, red meats and white meats and then she was only doing, uh, you know, egg yolks or egg whites, I'm sorry, um, as a source of protein. Um, but moving forward, he did his own research and he found veganism um, in doing his own research. And 
he kind of exposed it to my mother and I, and we were kind of resistant at the beginning because again, we've been socialized to think that that was not a great um, way to get all of our nutrition. Um, so he brought me in um, on a weekend. We were still in college and he showed me this video a lecture by Gary Urovsky and he addresses veganism from the ethical standpoint, um, the environmental standpoint and the health standpoint. And I was sold on this bond. I transitioned within the hour because I just made these, you know, kind of like the soul connection that moment. And I'm also pretty adaptable. You know, I've had a, a life where I've had to become an adaptable person. And if you present good evidence to me, then I'm pretty prone to change, which is something that I'm, I'm proud of. I'm, I'm happy to that I'm always open to that. Um, and now I've been vegan for four years and my mom also, she took a little bit, you know, longer cause she had to not only, um, you know, separate her, everything that's been socialized and told to her by her family, but also by her college and like, you know, her career was kind of based on that. Um, but she eventually got there and now the three of us are plant-based. Um, and also with the background, I'm sorry that. You know, we, we lost my dad to a heart attack and two of my uncles, three of my uncles now. Um, so I'm sorry to hear that. My dad passed away four years ago. He had cancer. Yeah. No, thank you so much. I appreciate that. And I'm sorry to hear that too. Um, but that those, you know, those background stories also make you a little bit more susceptible to change. Mm -hmm. And I'm grateful for that, you know, even though it's a sad story, I'm just... I see it now with gratitude because it was a source of um, a good lesson in life, you know? Yeah. And, and you know, you kind of wonder too, and I've wondered this, everything happens for a reason and was them passing a reason that led you to going vegan and, and you know, what else will that transpire to later on in life? You never know. And I've always thought about that with my dad since he's passed with everything that he went to him passing from his gastrointestinal disease was one of the big reasons for why I went vegan myself. And I talk about him a lot in my book, which I'm about to publish, which I've published. And, um, it's, it's, it makes me, it makes me wonder all of those things, but yeah. So, um, but Derek, how about yourself? So because you've been vegetarian, I was more like you. I slowly tapered off. Well, you had been vegetarian a lot longer than I had. Um, I didn't just go make a switch overnight. But what, was, uh, what, what really led you to going vegan? Yeah, actually, I kind of did. I wasn't, I wasn't really vegetarian. I was raised vegetarian um, through my mom, mm -hmm. but uh, my dad wasn't. So I ate mostly throughout my entire life. Um, my mom conceived me and, um, you know, was pregnant, uh, with me on a vegetarian diet. Mm -hmm. So, um, uh, you know, through her, I had that background and, and even with my dad, I would only ever eat meat, um, like, you know, maximum three times a week, meaning only for dinner, only three nights a week. Um, but you know, that's still not vegan cause you have, you know, uh, butter and things and, you know, eggs and things like that. But anyway, um, I had that background and it was, um, it was sort of a, a phase of going vegetarian in, in uh, the last few or 
yeah, like the last few months before Elisa and I moved uh, in together. Uh, and then once we did, it was just, you know, fully vegan for me. So the main motivation in a word was, was love. You could say, you know, whether that's for um, the animals, for my health, for the environment, but uh, most of all for, for her. her. And she set um, a very clear um, value for her that she um, does not want any animal products in her home. So, of course, <clears throat> when we weren't living together, I was more than happy to respect that um, and eat vegan with her because everyone, you know, or at least I believe, I personally love plant foods and I'm more than happy to eat them. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was no big deal. Uh, especially, you know, if going back home, you know, I can, I, not can, but, you know, I chose to have some animal products every now and then. Uh, but once we moved in together, her home was now our home. And so no animal products uh, at all in my diet. And it was a very easy transition, honestly, because, um, my diet is literally, you know, apart from animal products, the exact same as, as it was before, uh, with the exception of, um, you know, just getting rid of, uh, uh, you know, meat products and instead of using meat substitutes, I, you know, would just do tempeh or tofu. Mm. Um, and otherwise everything else is the same. It's really not a big deal at all to, especially for me at least, to go vegan. It, I completely get what people say when they're like, you know, going vegan is not um, the most we can do. It's the least we can do. It's such a simple thing because plant foods are literally, you know, like <laughs> the best foods in the world. Yeah. You know, basically every medicine, every herbal, you know, um, uh, uh, supplement, you know, everything in alternative medicine for treating ailments, they're all plant-based anyway. So mm-hmm. you know, follow Hippocrates' uh, advice to make uh, food thy medicine and medicine thy food. Right? I think it's the, the expression. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, so what really uh, sealed the deal for me, though, was after moving in together, I had uh, been vegan for, you know, say about six weeks. Mm-hmm. And it was by, um, you know, by, by circumstance living together. And it hadn't really been like uh, based on a philosophical uh, belief system or a shift in perspective, um, apart from knowing that, you know, what I was doing was certainly good for me and, um, good for, you know, animals and the environment. But I had a belief that, you know, if, if you could get, you know, sustainably sourced animal products that were, you know, ethically raised, humane certified, grass fed, all the terms that are available, um, that, you know, it would be basically, you know, the best I could do and still, and still okay in the context of, you know, evolution and human society, culture throughout all time, you know, every culture had always eaten animal products and, you know, it's, it's a fact of life. So that was kind of my perspective. And so I, people, yeah, exactly. Who aren't vegan. And I used to think that way as well. Yeah. You know, we rationalize it in different ways. Um, so I, uh, you know, I was tough to convince admittedly to, to go vegan because I was aware of, you know, the issues and I had seen the documentaries and I had always kind of said, well, you know, I, I refuse to eat factory farmed, um, you know, animal products. And, uh, whenever I go out to eat, actually, it's funny enough going to restaurants, I would always tell them that I'm vegan. 
because I wanted to avoid the industrial factory farmed animal products. And, you know, I'm more than happy to eat plant-based. Uh, so <laughs> I was kind of like, uh, vegan a, a vegan in denial for for most that's a good way to put it yeah. yeah that's a great term yeah because you know i i certainly did want to avoid animal products that were uh that you know i knew to be you know really seriously problematic right. um but in I, your mind yeah but i believe that. that there were other animal products that you know that weren't like that and therefore you could still participate in the system in a more ethical way so um, what really made made it click, though, was um, just gaining more awareness, living together, and seeing uh, that uh, going vegan was extraordinarily simple, and I didn't give up really any anything that I needed or loved. And um, and then I had a uh, a steak about six weeks after I went vegan, after we moved in together, and it was like the best quality, you know, humane certified pasture raised that I could find. And when I ate it, I didn't feel any better. I didn't feel replenished. I didn't feel stronger. Uh, if anything, I felt um, heavier and a little bit just not as optimal. And um, Elisa could tell immediately, I came home because I had it, you know, away from her, not, not with her out of the house, but, you know, out of the house and on my own. And she could tell, she asked me, she's like, what did you eat? And I had like brushed my teeth, you know, since then and had other food and other things. Like there was no, (laughs) you know, it wasn't like I ate like, you know, uh, some barbecue or something that clearly you could tell on my breath or something. She could just tell. And, uh, you know, I had to tell her. Um, that was a, a tough discussion. That was us. a tough discussion. <laughs> but, you know, you had already established that, you know, you respect my choices and that the, the boundary you set was no animal products in the home. So I wasn't betraying your trust or anything like that. No. But um, but we did have some yeah, conversations where I did. thought that we had transitioned as a couple. And he had said, okay, I get it. I get your perspective. Mm-hmm. Because the problem was, or the... I guess um, the place where we always came back to was even if the animal is treated um, as best as, you know, the industry can treat an animal um, when it's been farmed, um, at the end of the day, they all go to the same slaughterhouse and they carry that pain and trauma um, in their bodies. Mm-hmm. And it's not okay to consume another living being just because you know you've treated it well in the past not only is that a betrayal of trust um to the animal and you know there's a relationship there with you and there's kind of like a covenant and also i think of people who as mercenaries like it's all these philosophical ideas that i really carry truly in my heart and i almost think it's worse Honestly, because if you really think about it from the animal's perspective, you're raised like, you know, family farmed animals that are eventually killed and eaten for meat. They're raised like a pet, like your dog or like your cat. Uh, and they gain your trust and they believe in you. And then all of a sudden, one day you turn on them and you're slitting their throat and they're it's just i it's it's i think that's almost worse versus the factory farm animals they're pretty much suffering the whole time it's pretty it's pretty clear cut like what's going to happen not that i'm which is which is 
awful, but just that betrayal of trust. I'm just a very honest myself. I'm just a very honest, open and transparent person. And the betrayal of trust is something uh, that doesn't sit, sit well with me. And yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy to think about. Yeah, and I completely commiserate with you on that. Uh, to me, honesty, and um, that's like one of my core values. Like I, I lead my life in that way. Sometimes I'm even too transparent for some people, but you mm-hmm. know, um, in this case, me being a vegan, like that's another reason why the click was so easy for me to be established. You know, um, I just, I just can't imagine being a conscious person or a being and then like you said living a life of um a relationship with a human and then from one day to the next you're taken to be slaughtered and it's just not very far away from what happened to people it's it's living a lie it's pretty much lying to the animals their whole life you're treating them so well and then you just decide to, to take their life yeah so that's kind of like the the, the discussion that we had over and over again because okay. he kept on saying like pasture raised and all these things to me and I was like I keep telling you at the end of the day that it has nothing to do with what you did with when they were alive it's just the fact that you're taking away the life of someone who wants to live and for mothers we know all all of the um, the female um um, individuals involved in this they also get raped and repeatedly you know because they get um, artificially to produce milk yeah to produce milk and then you know there's all these layers to it that I just can't get behind and eventually I guess you know we had that last conversation where I was like I can clearly um, smell death in your mouth and he just took oh, it yeah he you just, said that it's yes. like, wow, that's crazy <laughs> you can be a bit dramatic sometimes <laughs> but i know that that was actually how she was feeling to her that was not even a dramatic statement <laughs> right uh yeah so he took it you know and we had a really really hard conversation around it and eventually he said okay you know what i was eating meat for this particular reason to kind of like recover quote-unquote and i don't feel it anymore so therefore i'm just not going to do it again um yeah, the, really what it was kind of like um a critical mass of um i'm not sure if you've it wasn't so much like a moment uh like a sudden epiphany like like elisa had it was more um just a mounting of uh you know like nails in the coffin kind of um kind of thing by analogy where all the reasons I had uh, to not be vegan um, just kind of either really they broke down. Yeah, they broke down or even if they still kind of withstood, um, you know, uh, some things, for example, the fact that animal foods are, um, you know, the source of B12 um, in, you know, both our diet and probably throughout history, because, you know, even, even eating dirt on foods, um, we know, you know, human, human preferences are not suddenly going to like shift it just because we can clean our food and humans always have access to like running water and stuff. Right. So I'm pretty sure we always like washed our vegetables and just didn't eat dirty things. Um, but you know, the fact that animal foods have B12 didn't break down, but of course there's also the fact that guess what? This is now a time in history where we can easily reliably get every single thing that we used to rely on animal foods to have. Um, you know, we can get it easily more reliably um 
from, you know, other means like supplements. Mm -hmm. So that in the context of the fact that to provide animal products now for people is not the way it ever was in nature. It's not some, you know, like, uh, killing off the weaker buffalo in a herd and, you know, doing mm-hmm. any kind of, uh, um, rituals to honor the life of the animal or any of the other things that, for example, Native Americans did. Mm. Uh, none of that's happening. We're, we're completely disrespecting life itself. We are creating huge environmental catastrophes with the, the way the waste is handled and concentrated from these huge farms. Uh, we're creating, you know, super bugs by feeding them all antibiotics. We're, you know, devastating um, landscapes to provide either land for them to be pasture raised mm-hmm. or to grow the crops, um, which are all like, you know, uh, either genetically modified and or sprayed with pesticides and everything. The narrative yeah, and where violence is that. part of our yeah daily life. Exactly. Like you wonder why there's still issues with, um, you know wars and mm-hmm. just discord at a level that's you know it should be a little bit more evolved at two thousand years later mm-hmm. but if you're still consuming death like three times a day then that's never going to change because there's that cognitive dissonance there mm-hmm. so and the cognitive dissonance it's, it's completely understandable because i was i just think i always think about myself and i'm trying and i try to be very empathetic for others because I was once very cognitively dissonant, as were us all, the three of us. Uh, and it's just, it's because that's how the industry wants it. It's just what we've been conditioned to believe since we were young, that this is, these, these, these products, this meat, these animal products are a necessary part of our diet and we need them to be healthy and to thrive. But the fact of the matter is uh, we don't, especially like, as you said, Derek, in the society that we live in today, we don't, yeah. we don't yeah. need them. This is not, it's not like, you know, it, it'd be one thing if we were, uh, you know, we didn't have uh, roofs over our head and running water and a supermarket yeah. down the street with every yeah. type of food imaginable. And, and, you know, we were out literally trying to survive from day to day. Yeah. That, I mean, it, it, you know, it, that's, that's one thing, but that's not what it is. It's yeah. like today. And so that's what it seems like for you that it kind of just, all yeah. of those things eventually connected over time. But then with your relationship, that's really where it, it fully connected in, in, that, in that loving aspect and just realizing, you know, Lisa's you know, point of view and really seeing how much it moved her, mm-hmm. uh, but then also tying it into yourself. So, I mean, so it seems like at first when you guys became a couple while you were still eating meat, there was a little bit of tension, but then how would you say your relationship has positively, you know, would you say your relationship has positively grown and evolved over time because of veganism? Yeah, definitely. Um, Cause I feel like to me, at least I would never be in an intimate relationship with someone that doesn't at least provide the space for me to be fully myself. And as I said, my core value, values are all around honesty and compassion and love and justice and justice yes above Mm -hmm. all (laughs) as a true libra (laughs) Mm -hmm. so for me that's the thing that opened my heart to him was that that space was always open like he to some extent was very much informed and 
I saw it as an opportunity for us to, you know, grow in that space. Mm -hmm. I never want to impose because I've also had other relationships where imposing certain beliefs just made the relationship untenable. And there was a lot of resentment because of that. But I feel like because that space kind of grew with us as we became more and more, you know, intimate and mature in the relationship, um, you know, it kind of like happened naturally in the most organic way that we could have made it happen. At least that was my experience, even though there are some, you know, moments that are super sad and, um, I like made him watch a couple of like slaughter videos and I was like bawling and mm-hmm. even there with me holding me, he just didn't make the connection yet. And you know, it, that well, really I, hurt me. Yeah. I'd already made the connection that that is terrible. I'd seen these documentaries mm-hmm. before because I like to be as informed as I can be. Um, but you but still you, had those, you still had yeah. those outs, those pasture raised, grass fed, yeah. K tree, free range outs and and other ones too like the i i believe you know we i completely acknowledge that the way the animals were handled and killed and everything is not okay but beyond you know a little bit of uh, both you know willful ignorance and you know informing myself just enough to maintain a level of willful ignorance um you know i i had a belief that the animals you know i was eating were not treated that way um and also a, a belief behind it all that well, animals don't need to be treated that way. And we can still eat animals without any of this stuff being the case. Mm-hmm. Um, that was you know, just like, just like every civilization and, you know, whether it's a tribe in the Amazon or in the African savannas or, you know, the Inuit or even Pacific Islanders, you know, every culture on earth, um, whether they're tribes or super advanced, were always, um, omnivorous. So, you know, I, I had like historical precedent of, well, you know, yeah they haven't all been wrong throughout history and if they are it's a weird thing to be wrong about throughout all time something as fundamental as our diet um but if you really so i had like all these other you know kind kind of of like it was gonna happen either way because if you they kind of like saw what was going on mm -hmm. in the savannah or whatever Mm -hmm. in their environment and they replicated it One one of the breakthroughs for me was that um we're at a point in history where it's kind of like a vegan paradise. First, it was the acknowledgement that we do not need meat um, or animal products in general. Uh, we don't actually need it. And um, the degree to which we ever did need it um, created um, you know, certain um, preferences and beliefs and stuff that has been passed along throughout time because animal products did, you know, to be frank, play a role in uh, our survival as a species. Right. Um, there's, you know, all sorts of debate about uh, whether it really helped us evolve or not. And certainly the new evidence shows our ancestors were like extraordinarily plant-based, um, you know, because the, the levels of calcium and potassium and, you know, their, their remains are so high, you can't get those levels from uh, animal products. Um, but, uh, you know, clearly, you know, animal products played a role in our survival. Um, and we perpetuated that. And then now that we're at this point where we have so much power as a civilization, uh, as a species in the world, where we can do whatever we want to the earth, basically, we took it in the direction where we took what we, what helped us survive, but we don't need, and we made it like the very foundation of our diet. Uh, and, and, you know, raising animals for slaughter and huge, huge 
scale. It's ridiculous. Our diet. Yeah. It's, just a, it's just had such a worst impact yeah. overall. And, and then now, because exactly where we are in our society, because we don't need, yeah. uh, we don't need meat and animal products. And even if you look at the longest lived cultures in the world, their diet is predominantly carbohydrates. You know, they barely eat, they barely eat, uh, meat and animal products is on very special occasions. And on top of that, we can now think of the animals being yeah, in the other living beings. And you know, what would it be like being that living being? And we can extend yeah. that compassion. And that's, you know, that's what's really nice about veganism and it in, in why it, you know, it really kind of as a couple, it, it you almost it works if you're if one person is really deeply rooted beyond just diet because de veganism is such a deeply rooted philosophical belief and yeah. you're very connected with the other living beings mm -hmm. then it it's it's ultimately won't work out at least i don't see how it could work out in the end as both of you not being on that same level because it's so much more than just diet. Of course. It's one thing if you're not at that lift, neither one of you are at that level yet, but if at least one of you is for the long haul. So it seems like you guys, it's, it's awesome just to kind of see how you've grown as yeah. a couple overall. It is Yeah, because it's, it's an it's expansion a, of consciousness, really. Yeah. I mean, when you, when you allow yourself to acknowledge other beings as uh, persons, you know, even if they're not human, they are right. like individuals. Yeah, individuals. Yeah. They have uh, a soul. Yeah, yeah. all of them. Yeah. Um, it's just soul or consciousness, yeah. whatever it is that you want to believe in. Yes, it feels good. Mm -hmm. Yes, and you can recognize if you. Um, that's the thing. We've been so disconnected from other beings because of the way that the industry has um, structured you know, uh, to society. But if you go out and you try to relate to one of these beings, you can see that they're feeling, um, any sort of, you know, a, a spectrum of feelings. And the most important one is that if they're able to feel pain, um, then why, why inflict it upon them? If exactly. we can get everything yeah. in abundance, that's the yeah. other thing. People think of veganism as a restrictive diet or no, lifestyle. It's not at all. Let me tell Especially you, I've world. never been happier in terms of like, I never used to think of food as like, um, you know, many people think of food as their, a, a very important certain uh, aspect of their life. But now I do. I can't wait to get to dinner. Actually, he's an amazing cook and he makes <laughs> like gourmet dinners for me every night. And uh, now I love it because it's just, it, you know, it's an exploration of what you can do with so much color and nutrition. And it's just a beautiful array of um, uh, abundance. Mm -hmm. You just let your creativity flow. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. In our world, it really is a vegan paradise. Like the ability to have fresh plant foods, even frozen plant foods, everything available 24 seven, basically year round, uh, because of the way, you know, our globalization is and everything. It's amazing. Like the, the only reason to ever not be vegan, as far as I was concerned is, um, you know, uh, the unavailability of plant foods year round, depending on your climate and certain survival situations. And, you know, uh, the fact That's that you not, it's not the case optimally in, you know, whatever region you're in. But now that we have everything supplements and plant foods, year round yeah. of yeah. 
if you want. There's really no reason not to be. That's awesome. Yeah. And that, you know, it's, I think it's really great too, Elisa, that you work for a vegan company. What, what's it like working for me? Uh, so I, I feel like there's two aspects of it. Um, you know, I'm very inspired by the fact that it's, it is a fashion company and I didn't allow myself to really go into my creative um, self for a while because I thought it was meant to be a lawyer and I thankfully veered from that path. Um, and meeting, you know, a couple of women who are trying to build a business that's rooted in the, at the core as being vegan because they believe um, as strongly as I do that um, we can have products of quality and that, that will last you a lifetime. And they're cruelty free that are cruelty free. And also, you know, um, I guess my experience with that has been greater. Um, it kind of solidified, solidified and alignment, another aspect of aligning my life with the way that I do things every day. Yeah. I was working, um, with Saks Fifth Avenue for a little while and it was really hard because they had their fur department still on and you know when winter came along they were so excited because those are really really high priced items and people there work on commission so kind of like the industry is is still on <laughs> um a path that would have been you know acceptable 20 30 years ago but now even more, more and more people really don't want to wear fur and so that was hard with me, for me, you know, I, I was kind of like on the one side wanting to make enough money to make a living. And then on the other side, it was just really hard for me because I was in a place that was selling leather at this like ridiculous you're, high. You were um, fighting against your core values. Yeah, it was so hard. And then it, it kind of created some, um, you know, discord uh, with the people I worked with. You know, I was very respectful. I was like, please, I will do anything, but please don't send me to the fur department. And a couple of times I was, I kind of had to, and it was like super hard to even be there and to even like relate to the people who are there day in, day out. Um, but anyway, I'm now working for a vegan company and moving forward, I, you know, I would love to be in that space because, um, again, it's, it just aligns with more of who I am and I can be freely more myself and I can reach my potential of, you know, being a professional um, with conviction. And that's very important for me. That's awesome. And it's something you get to wake up and look forward to, to going to every day. Yes, yeah, definitely. That's amazing. That's amazing. Role models, you know, or people who have been in the industry for a while that can, you know, show you that this is possible. And if you look at market uh, trends, we are really growing as an industry, you know, the fur industry and the leather industry are trying to fight back by saying that those are sustainable options. Um, but if you, you know, if you really, really look into the data, you understand that that's not the case. And if you look at the leather, uh, the full leather um, uh, um, materials that we use on in our shoes and and um, all of our accessories, they're much more long lasting and they're more beautiful to the touch and to the sight even because you can do so much more with mm -hmm. 
you know, other materials that are plant-based. Yeah. Um, Talk about sustainability. You, don't, you like don't need banana. leathers made from plastic now. Yeah. You can make them actually from plants. Yeah. Like mm. banana based, pineapple based, because that's the other thing. Like you can't, you can't be a hypocrite and just go all plastic, you know? Right. Um, it was also really hard for me because I kept on finding shoes that would last me a couple of years and then they would just be on a landfill, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, it, it's nice to also align on that aspect, like sustainability, it's very important and kind of invest in a wardrobe that's not expansive in terms of number, but something that's sustainable because you kind of like, you know, Part of being vegan is acknowledging that sustainability has to be a way of life now if we want to live on this earth as it is now, you know? Sustainability, sustainability for mind, body, soul, and the environment. Yeah. Our motto at Plant Strength Performance. Oh, that's Perfect. beautiful. I yeah. love it. There you I go. <laughs> yeah, that's, no, that's, that's so great to hear. Well, actually, so that leads us into our creative segment which we like to do at the end of every show called growth spurts and growing pains. So this segment is a time where you get to talk about a recent growth spurt that you've had where you are proud of where you've grown lately within your life. And this could be anything regarding your health, mental, physical, or spiritual, your fitness, or your personal or professional life. And then you also talk about a growing pain that you've had, uh, which also can be related to your health, mental, physical, spiritual, your fitness, personal, or professional life. And this is an area which you still feel that you could be better with. So because we have been talking as, and you guys are a couple, so what what's an area that you feel uh, that you've had a growth spurt in recently as a couple, an area that you feel that you are proud of with how you've grown? No, no, no. Do you want to take this one? Because I just spoke for a while. Uh, ladies first, why don't you ride the wave you were just on? <laughs> okay, so I would I, say... Yeah, I think you may have more... Um, something to talk about here okay so i would say um growth spurt something between us i think we've okay we're really proud about the fact that we're both open to always growing like we're at the beginning of any relationship everything is really bright because there's so much discovery to be had um and that included you know the discussion about around veganism but you know there's always depth and to really going into that so i guess in the last um months that we've been living together we have established um space for us to have you know full-on discord and be kind of like our darkest selves and then we have allowed for that to happen and then we come back together and we more and more we're coming back together um you know before things really get really dark and we also recognize that if there need be we will always reach out for help um so i guess you know there's that openness there's recognition that ego is involved and if you let that go then you know we're more than happy to address it And yeah, I think that that's been one of our greatest accomplishments. Now we just have a space for growth and we just recognize it as what it is. It's messy and sometimes painful, but it's It's necessary. 
it's good. It's so necessary, you know, to just recognize we're human, messy. We, I carried a lot of baggage from my life and my previous relationships. And that kind of like tainted us in the beginning, to be completely mm-hmm. honest. And I kind of had to process that, you know, with help. I'm very much a um, believer in therapy. I have my have always had therapy in many forms and a coach and everything. And I feel like a, pers- a fresh perspective from a person that's not biased can really bring growth and awareness as to what you're blinded by. Because when you're in a relationship, you think you're doing things right because you're doing it from the place of love. But even if it comes from a place of love, it might not be very aware, you know, it might not be taking into account the other person's point of view. Right, right. And that's so that's so awesome that you guys have established that that yeah. that that point between each other where you can be very open because that's really what it's about for uh, a relationship to last, whether it's a romantic relationship, whether it's a family member, a friend, a professional relationship. If you don't have that open and honest communication, you're never going to progress through the relationship. And that's usually why relationships end is the lack of the that open communication with one another. Um, so that's awesome to hear that you guys have had that. So what would you say it has been a growing pain that you guys have been dealing with lately? Something that you're still working on getting better with. Derek, I'll let you take this one. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Well, it's interesting you, you talk about communication because that is actually um, one of the, the issues we've been having, certainly from my end. Um, uh, the thing with our relationship is we've acknowledged that it is a, um, you know, a core aspect of it is that's a container for growth and we feel so safe, um, to be ourselves with one another that anything that comes up is, uh, an opportunity to, uh, reflect, um, each other back to one another and to see, um, you know, who we are, how we're behaving and, um, what is not working and then work together to shift it. So, um, you know, it's for me personally, it's been like a bit of a, a growing pain to, um, you know, she mentioned how she came into the relationship with, um, baggage and, um, you know, relationship baggage and, you know, um, the trauma that she, um, you know, very clearly had identified, um, and was, uh, recognizing had not been, um, fully healed. And I, um, what, you know, had, had, as we all do, you know, I had my own issues and traumas and such, but because of, because of my history, things weren't so clear cut for me. Um, I was less aware of, of, um, issues that I had because Mm. they didn't really manifest in a clear way in my life if they did manifest at all. And, um, our relationship uh, really made them more clear because of the the fact that the relationship pushed them to the surface where they manifested. Mm -hmm. So, um, and that all goes back to what we really recognize about our relationship is that it's a, you know, a, a container for growth and a safe space to be ourselves and to learn about each other and about, um, about ourselves and, uh, to grow. 
so, so, so the growing pains sometimes yeah. are like reflecting a, stuff that we didn't think of as something negative to one another. Becoming enough. more self-aware is that's yeah. that's like the and yeah, and in learning how to communicate that, I understand yeah. fully. And it's and, painful if what you're seeing in yourself you don't like. Right. So that's a huge growing pain right there. Yeah. When so you haven't us, realized it, it before. Right. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. And sometimes that comes in the form of like we realized. At, the, at first, we were, like, so happy that we were, you know, culturally coming from completely different uh, backgrounds. And we thought that that was a huge strength. But also moving in together, um, we, kind of ha we kind of ignored the fact that we needed to address a lot of those differences in the way that we live life, including veganism. Um, so for him, you know, he, was, he grew up in, um, you know in a divorced home and then it was very much European background and me as a Latina, you know, I carry a lot of things that he probably knew of as, you know, just what people assume of what land people are. And then, so that came to the surface too, you know, um, how do you deal with the fact that I think of things in a certain way in my family? And then he, how does he think of, his way of being and his family and his uh, upbringing that's been kind of rough because i rely on my family really really a lot emotionally whereas he has a different relationship to that so plus i'm an only child and he's that. yeah <clears throat> Yeah. yeah, but that, but that's that's really that's really great to hear that you guys are just where you're at and we're all on our own journeys for self growth and enlightenment and we're all at our each different, you know, at different points uh, along those journeys. But just that you guys are becoming more aware, it just seems like you are, you're, you're a really strong couple together in that open, honest communication. So it's really, yeah, it's, it's been great having you guys on the show. And I've had a really, I've, been, I've really enjoyed talking with you. Likewise. Yeah, we love talking to you. You're such an inspiration. We love what you're doing with your platform. And we can't wait to see what it becomes. Thank yeah. you very much. Yes, thank you very much. I really appreciate that. And uh, it's just all about spreading those, those positive vibes, the positive plant strength vibes. Plant Strength Radio is hosted by Bobby Lynch, produced and edited by Kiwan Harrison. Special thanks to our guests, Eliza Burbano and Derek Stettler. If you would like to hear more podcasts like this, please like, share, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever podcasts can be streamed. To learn more about Plant Strength, the company behind this podcast, please visit www.plantstrengthperformance.com or follow us on social media at Plant Strength Performance. Plant Strength, sustainability for mind, body, soul, and the environment. Thank you for listening.